Full School, brought to you by The Tote, with Luke Parkinson, Jamie Hart and Jamie Benson. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Pool School, uh, or Pool School as I prefer to call it. Uh, I'm, st- I'm standing in for our, our Northern uh, MC, uh, who unfortunately is away at the moment, but no Luke means you've got me, I'm afraid. And I'm also joined by Jamie Hart and Olivia Cole, our international expert. Um, how are you guys doing? Good, very good. Looking forward to big week as well. We've started the, the, the Donny week already. Um, so there'll be plenty of racing through this week, plenty of interesting, good, good quality racing. We've had a bit of a lull after, after York. And so really kind of, we've got the autumn session. So we've got this, Donny and Leopardstown going into next week. You've got the Air Gold Cup, which is always one of my favourite meetings, the, the, the Air Western meeting. And then into the close, the, the end, the back end of the season with Newmarket, champion two-year-old kind of meeting with the Cambridgeshire and obviously then the Ark and stuff after that. So we've got a real great month to get our teeth into, all starting with um, our, 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 our one and only uh, Ireland-based uh, Whirlpool Day. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame that, because personally, I'm, a, I'm more of an Irish racing fan than I would be an English racing fan. But, uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, talk, talking of being a bit more international, lives. Not only are you our international racing expert, but you're just back from holes, I hear. Yeah, just back from holiday. Obviously now taking a few days off before the um, the big sort of autumn or spring, if you're down under, commences. We've got Road to the Ark, Road to the Japan Cup, to the Breeders' Cup, to the Spring Carnival. So everything gets very exciting now. Yeah, cheers. God, just when I just when I thought I was going off you, I can I can uh, start concentrating on the jumps. You're so right. There's so much exciting stuff to come um, internationally on the flat. So um, yeah. And how about Flightline the other day? A word, a word on him. Oh God. I mean, I say I was trying to tune out of Twitter whilst I was having a few days holiday, but it did seem like every second tweet was either people comparing Flightline and Secretariat or arguing about the fact that we were comparing them. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a star! What a star! Yeah. Unbelievable! It got got even the uh, me the the most skeptical of skeptics uh, excited. So uh, yeah, I look forward to the Breeders' Cup with him. Um, and and so Jay, on to um, on to the Irish Champions Day, a uh, Champions Weekend rather. It's like you say, it's a whirlpool, uh, Leopardstown. Um, how's the whirlpool season been going? What can we look forward to? All that kind of stuff. We've seen some big growth in the whirlpool actually. Um... You know, up around 50, 50 to sixty percent growth across some of the other meetings. Uh, Goodwood was up almost two thirds. Um, I think uh, Ebor meeting, the three days we had there, was up about fifty four percent. Really big numbers, and you can see what an impact it has on British racing. Because after York had their first uh, meeting with the Whirlpool on, I think it was a two point two five million pounds worth of prize money over that those three days. The, when they had their first world pool now the money they made from their first world pool they plowed into this year's prize money and it went up from kind of 2.25 to 4.5 million pounds of prize money over those three days so you, you can see when you've got you know great independent courses like like york that take all of their money from world pool and plow it straight back into the product then suddenly we're back competitive with uh, the big international kind of you know tote dominated uh, jurisdictions where you know we're we're already seeing quite a bit of um, kind of bleeding of talent of uh, our equine talent out to other jurisdictions because the prize money is out there. You know, a lot of those hundred rated kind of horse, ninety five and upwards rated horses going out to places like Hong Kong, and we're losing a lot of those 
higher quality rate runners out to and certainly out, out to the spring carnival so you know those are, are more stamina bred horses being sent over to pick up the kind of long distance money out in the in you know the melbourne cup but um this kind of you know whirlpool really does help us bolster up prize money on this side of the the pond and and obviously bring this really competitive racing to the pool now to, when we're coming into uh, the leopardstown one last year uh whirlpool took about I think just under 15 million pounds um, across across the seven races. Now this year we've got eight races, uh, all of which have got the Magic's at least seven runners in, which means that we run every pool internationally on those on those eight races. So we're really we're we're hoping that we'll get you know we'll more than double the amount of money that we took last year with this kind of support um, and looking for turnover in excess of 30 million across the day at Leopardstown on Saturday. It's just the one day and they do have the, the, the champions kind of weekend is a weekend fixture, but the, the whirlpool where you've got the massive pools is just on Saturday because uh, the, the Hong Kong season starts on Sunday. So they'll be covering their own local stuff with, the, with their, their pools on the Sunday, but everybody can get stuck into Leopardstown on Saturday. And then for the Brits, we've got the St. Ledger meeting at Donny you know, with the Portland and, and, and races like that to really get our teeth stuck into. Uh, exactly. And for those like me who tuned out there, the short answer is it's great value. Get punting. Uh, <laughs> talking of which, let's go on to the, get on to one of the feature races of uh, Irish, Irish Champions Weekend, the Matron. Um, and Liv, the, the, the most international that gets here, it looks like, is Christoph Sumion coming over to ride. But um, <laughs> other, other than that, looks like looks a strong field um, with Homeless Songs, notably making her comeback after being so impressive earlier in the season. Um, how do you see this race panning out? Yeah, absolutely. I think Homer Songs would be one that everyone has has their eye on. We also have um, Saffron Beach and Tenebrism, who obviously have Group 1 wins from over in France. Saffron Beach, I think, will probably be the main challenger that victory over in France was really impressive. And I think if she hits the front, she will be struggling, like the others will struggle to catch her. Um, and I think... Those two Group 1 wins for those two horses came in July and August. So in terms of homeless songs, I just wonder whether coming back from that break, those two might be slightly stronger. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. I, I love Saffron Beach as well. She's just the most beautiful filly. Um, and winning under a penalty at Ascot, I thought was really impressive. Um, Jay, how about, how about you? You homeless songing? I know she's in all your tender follows, so that will keep you interested. She, she is in all my tender follows. There was... Uh, and Tenebrism is, is kind of, I, I thought she'd be a superstar when I saw her in her, her first, in her mate, when her maiden, it was, which was early as a two-year-old. And then she had a massive gap before the end of the season and then proved herself promising again when she won at the end of the season. Um, so I, she then disappointed, didn't she, in the Guineas? So uh, there was a, there was a, um, uh, a subs window in one of, the t one of the 12 to, it was a 12 to follow competition I was in, a, a competitor one. Uh, to the ten to follow, and luckily, you know, the ten to follow um, window, or subs window, came after that. But I subbed out Tenebrism, uh, not having looked quickly at the uh, French decks, and then she came out and won the next day. So the Tenebrism's a bit of a, a wind-up merchant for me. But I don't, Homeless Songs, uh, Dermot Worlds kept kept her for the softer ground, and I'm looking forward to proving she's as good as she looked at the, at the start of the season. I don't. I had the same thing with Tenebrism and Boundless Ocean, who um, who I subbed out and then promptly won the <laughs> won the next weekend. 
Um, but actually, you know, talking that, thank God he's not running in the Irish Champions States because if he, if, he won, if he won that at a big price um, at bonus race, that would have been absolutely fuming. But onto the Irish Champions States. And uh, Liv, there is, there is uh, an international angle here. Ernesto coming over from France. Um, but uh, it's a select field of seven, shall we say, um, with Vidani, the other French raider, looking the one to beat. Um, how do you see it and how will you be playing it? Yeah, I think Vidini was one that a lot of people will, out of the two French Raiders, be more familiar with after the Eclipse win as well. And Ernesto has Group 1 form, having won over in France in the Grand Prix de Paris. But Vidini is definitely the stronger of the two French Raiders. But we also have, obviously, our favourite globetrotter, Mishriff, and also Breve as well, who um, I was actually surprised to see in this race, um, coming back from a run in Saratoga just a few weeks ago, fourth over there, fourth in the King George, obviously. And I think Broom is one that sort of a global audience will be really familiar with after going over to Tokyo for the Japan Cup, to um, Del Mar for the Breeders' Cup. Um, yeah, big fan of Broom as well. So it would be nice to see, especially if um, I don't think he can win, but if we can um, perhaps use it as a stepping stone to another arc attempt, I think he ran in the arc last year and used um, arc trials day as the stepping stone last year so it'll be interested to see whether perhaps this year that's the plan but with this race instead as that stepping stone and actually just seeing as you mentioned the arc i can't i can't resist saying who, who are your fan who's your sort of fancy assuming Baid uh, doesn't go or does go actually does go just taking Baid out either way title holder yeah and I've said oh, that for, i have said that for months i think i put it out on twitter end of June. Yeah, I um, think I backed him after you said that. Yeah. Either. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think title holder, um, although actually, I mean, all of the Japanese contenders going over are really strong. I think this is the year. It's got to be, it's got to be the year that they do it. <laughs> I um, It has to be after, after the attempts that they've had and how close they've come before. Um, but yeah, no, title holders runs over in Japan have been hugely impressive. And I think um, I'm going to put it out there that even if Baij turns up, I would still decide your title holder. Oi, 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 oi. And you get the price. Love that. <laughs> uh, and, and Jay, yeah, Irish champion stakes. I mean, you can, you can throw it in an arc tip if you like. I mean, I'm slightly jumping the gun I'll there. Do, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do both. Um, <laughs> I just, I think the overlooked horse in here is Alenka. Um, came, came last at, uh, in the eclipse, but the ground was far faster than he's, than he's ever been, he's ever performed on in terms of, you know, when he has performed. If you look through his, his form, as soon as there's a bit of juice in the ground, he just comes alive. I think it's, I think at 20, you know, around the 20 to one chance, I'm definitely going to be including him in all the, um, in all the, the exotics, because I think he'll be left alone. Just said that they, they don't, they don't tend to like something that's come last, last time out. It gets ignored. But I'll be playing. I'll be playing Alenka in the exotics with with Badini and uh, and Mishrif. Um, going to the arc. I know. I know, Jamie. You'll be very pleased about title holder to, to being tipped up. We really. It would be interesting if Baid doesn't run. Just how short title holder could go, because if we look, you know, everybody remembers that deep impact arc, where you know he was he was tens on all day on the tote on the PMU. We thought it wouldn't last, but and he still SP'd up two to five on the PMU versus a kind of you know industry UK price of five to two, eleven to four. So you know the, the Japanese will be there in force, and they when their money is down, it talks. If we could, have, I mean, if Baid and title holder run, I just don't know how. But I don't think the PMU have got a 
big enough satchel to hold all the cash in because you'll have all of the Europeans on Baid, the whole of the Far East on title holder. And, you know, you'll be, it'll be a thousand to one the rest, won't it? <laughs> I have to probably mention Very Elegant as well because I think people, if she lines up, people may take her last run, the first run she had in France. Um, you know, they may avoid her because of that. But obviously we'll see in the next few weeks when she next lines up. Um, how that goes but if she if she if she bounces back and recreates her exceptional form from australia and the ground goes her way perhaps then she will title holder has title holder performed on softer ground because it'll be interesting because yeah. the, th the thing that will keep baid out is if it turns very deep they probably won't run will they hmm. that's the concern that's when people when i get messages from people asking about title holder that's the one they, that's the question they ask and I think that's with the Japanese contenders in general that's people's most common concern when sort of siding with them but I think if you watch title holders last last few runs and how you can just battle on and um, not be caught by horses who have exceptional form as well you've got to you've got to side with him or not but I would <laughs> and uh, anyway back back to back to the matter at hand the, the, the the, this weekend's oh that was my fault that I, I took us in that direction but anyway uh clearly we need Luke back soon but uh yeah so jay jay looking at this weekend we've obviously got the return of the betting tournaments another beat benson can't be that hard um talk 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 us through how that shapes up and why everyone should get involved well yeah so this that we've had there are 16 uh lead ups kind of satellite tournaments uh in the world pool series of betting tournaments uh, leading up to a big kind of 50 grand final on Champions Day, the UK Champions Day, uh, 15th of October. So this is the, to, to qualify for that 50 grand final, you have to finish in the top 10 of one of the lead up tournaments. Now we've only got one left. So that's this Saturday. Um, you've, there are two ways. So you, you can either finish and it's just you just bet as normal, but on your total account, uh, opt into the competition so that so that you're in the tournament, have at least three bets uh, for a total of at least a tenner, just so that you qualify to be considered. Um, if, you, if you've made, if you're in the top 10 profit makers on the day, then you'll qualify for the big final. As long as you, if you, if you make any kind of a profit and, and finish ahead of our esteemed host, Jamie Benson, on the day, you will qualify to, for a share of the Beat Benson pool. And we always put a tenner in for all the qualifiers. So, you know, there'll probably be about, you know, we tend to get about, a thousand people qualifying and playing so it's there'll be there tends to be around 10 grand in the beat benson pool if if jamie does well sometimes you know, he does they you know they might if it say only 50 people get more than jamie does then you're, you're sharing 10 grand between 50 people and you've got 200 quid each it's you know it's, it's well worth you know we've paid out almost a quarter of a million pounds worth of, of prize money i think up till now across the beat, beat benson's and the and the and the payouts across the uh, competitions that we've run so far. So it's well worth getting involved in because I mean, we've had people winning up because when Jamie does lose, and even that happens sometimes, we've had people that have made a 2p profit then getting another 30 quid for their Beat Benson share. So it's, it's the kind of thing you can get involved. You don't have to be Harry Finley to get involved. He will be involved. He's, he's, he's won one of the competitions. He always takes part. But uh, yeah, you can, you'll, and you can bet across. It's not just Leopardstown, even though we run them on Whirlpool Days. It's all of your betting across the Saturday. Peanut, you can hear Peanut in the background. He, he agrees. He, he'll be getting involved in the in, in the betting tournaments. Uh, he's definitely of the legal age, dog years wise. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, so, but also on Saturday, uh, the betting tournament will, will also include the punting at Donny, um, uh, although the only Whirlpool races are at, at Leopard Town. Um, still, obviously, you have the St. Ledger at Donny. And um, Liv, anything, anything at Doncaster to take, uh, catch your eye, maybe in the St. Ledger or, other, or maybe some of the shoulder races at, at Leopard Town? Yeah, so I think in the other races, um, my allegiances are with the Spring Carnival contenders. We had the first acceptances for some of their big races um, earlier this week. So obviously, Hu Yamal is one that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. This will be the last start, I believe, before quarantine and then heading down on the Waterhouse and Bot team. And George Bowie sort of can't speak more highly of the horse heading into St. Ledger. So will definitely be one that I'll be keeping my eye on. And then also over in Ireland, Point King and Temple of Artemis for Joseph O'Brien are two, the only two actually that he has sort of left nominated for the races down under, um, which I was hoping he'd be sending more. He had a lot of horses nominated and obviously has enjoyed great success um, down in Melbourne. So I was really hoping that we could have him sending a whole huge team down under, but those are the two he still has in. And he did say, I think to the press, that especially for Point King, the run this weekend will sort of decide whether that trip to Melbourne does go ahead. So looking for a hat trick, I believe now at the track. So definitely one that I'll be siding with on Saturday. Awesome, awesome, really interesting angles there. And like you say, with, with a look to the Spring Carnival as well. Um, and Jamie, right, you must have some, you, some ways of beating me. Um, you know, we, we haven't synced up very well thus far. Whenever you've made profit, I seem to have done the nuts. But uh, where, where are you going to try and find that value to, to beat me on Saturday? Well, I mean, I'm going to be, certainly be going around the big handicaps, looking at the... Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I want life. names, I want horses, I want things that are going to win. Okay, right. Well... Because we've only had just had the decks for the handicaps, and I always just play the pace angles and the and the draw angles. So I'll have to. I'll, I will be out with my protractor and my to stopwatch, just trying to make sure of seeing picking up on the where I think the pace will be, particularly in the in the Portland. And actually, we'll every, to... everyone everyone should follow um, the um, the blog and Rory Delaghi, who'll be who always talk through those pace angles and the draw biases. Um, they though between him and Andrew Mount, they're amazing at always nailing uh, the big big payout trifectas just by playing the pace and, and draw bias. So spot well, on there, Joe. Absolutely. And we've, we've had people that have got in the top 10 purely by just copying what uh, what those guys have said on the on the blog on the day and just following them in in the whirlpool. Um, so, so, you know, for small stakes, uh, I think every meter or uh, I think he's, I think Andrew Mount's landed at least five over a thousand pound trifectas across across the tournaments so far. And he's not, and he's not shy in telling you about them ahead of time. Unlike most most of our uh, uh, our friends, that we only ever hear about their uh, their their successes, but none of their losers. But I, I shall, certainly will be going through the Portland with a, a fine tooth comb. I, I think the two that I like because I I saw them win at um, York, and I'm a kind of York York devotee. Um, Chaldean in the Champagne Stakes, I'll take against Silver Knot. It's quite disappointing. We've only got three decks in that, um, yeah. but I like Chaldean. I think Silver. Silver Knots always looked a bit, for, for me, looked kind of work. I know it's won a couple of his last two all right, but it just, it doesn't seem as flashy as uh, Chaldean looks like it's probably got a, li a little bit more scope. And then I, and I, I like uh, Haskoy the Billy in the, in the St. Ledger. Very unexposed, 
I think the um, the race, I think it was at Newcastle, it was, at, it was on the all-weather, any of the first race before it came to York, was the uh, race that True Shan was started his career in. Um, but it, and, and Haskoy, she, she won the race much better than True Shan did. And so if you, I, lo I love following those kind of intro races that have thrown up, you know, if it was like an Abel's first race and those kind of things, or that, that Frankel um, uh, maiden at Newmarket at the evening meetings. Um, I don't, you know, because because trainers tend to kind of go in a pattern. So um, Haskoy, I just I, I, I like siding with the uh, the fillies as well in the in the, in the classics when they do mix it with the, with the colt. So Haskoy and Chaldean for me on the Donny Day. Nice. Those those are those are excellent picks. Also in the context of fantasy, so we'll be running fantasy pools every every day this week um, at Donny and, um, and Leopardstown. So there's sort of the seven races will take in all the headline group races on those cards. And quite often when you get those short price horses uh, like New London and the Ledger um, and like, um, and like the other Godolphin one, I've forgotten his name, thingy not. Um, <laughs> yeah. In, in, uh, in the champagne, uh, they, they are always so much of your budget, you know, sometimes 5,000 of your 10,000 guineas. So if you can find one that you like against them to either beat them outright or to use, uh, use your steward's inquiry boost uh, to boost them from second to first, it's, uh, it's, it's a really great angle that then frees up a lot of budget for other horses in, in, in your list. So it's, um, it's such a fun angle into, into a day's racing. And it means you can be on side with some of the, with some of the favorites, which don't, you don't always get to do if you're, if you're punting for value, like, like so many of us try and do. Um, but uh, yeah, Jamie, I mean, I shouldn't talk about fantasy because I know I know that you aren't particularly good at punting it. But uh, you know, <laughs> I came good last week. I, I had I had about eight fantasy go, you know, goes in the fantasy league. Um, it is really interesting, and it does make you think about things differently. And so I have I tend to have different horses in my fantasy entries than I than I'm backing myself because I'm kind of covering myself or I'm covering against my play spot or whatever. But then I stopped covering against my play spot and really went with the things I was backing, and I, I ended up making some money last time. So. And it's and you get you you make a profit if you just finish in the top quarter and they, and if you win you get a really decent profit you know the top couple of places so it's a new way to take an interest in racing and I, I and and it it's an interesting one I like the I like the uh, the stewards inquiry um, badge that you can put against one of your runners and and you do, so you, then you're almost disappointed when it wins because you go oh, I've, I've wasted the stewards inquiry to go up a space but. Is it's great fun to get involved in and, and we've been really enjoyed enjoying the set and it's down to Jamie that, that we've got it. So to be paid for that. And uh, yeah, so that's that point. Um, you know, I, I said with the way that budget works out, you can't have all the favourites. Lives on, on Saturday, you're probably going to be able to have one of uh Vidini, Homer Songs, and uh, New London. Which one would you have? It's a very good question. Put you on the spot um, there, didn't I? I think I've... Mm, New London, actually. I think New the London. other fields... The other fields, I could make cases for other contenders probably more strongly, between, mm. like, Saffron Beach and Mishrif, that kind of thing. Colin Keane now riding. I think I could... Yeah. New, I'll go New London. Like it. Like it. Taking on taking on Jamie's Haskell away there. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's an absolute <laughs> nap for the, for the exactor. Um, I'd say I'd say I'd more, I'd more readily side with Liv than, than Jay if, if you put a gun to my head. Um, but uh, yeah, and anyway, anything else that we should look out for this weekend, Jamie? Um, 
I think it's just. I think it's it's look through. There's so much racing on. I think just planning. That's the other thing. It's you know do do look at your day of what you're doing and make sure that those horses that you really want to see, you remember when they're on. Because um, sometimes when it's coming thick and fast like this, when it's Donny and and at Leopardstown, and you step out for a cup of tea, or you watch it, you're, you've got the football scores coming in as well. You, you you need to plan your days when it's coming thick and fast like this. So do plan, and if you're playing in the tournament, make sure you get quite a few bets in early. The great thing about the tote is there's no advantage of getting being late or early, but you don't have to be late. It's not going to make it. So if those things you know you're going to back get your bets in you the worst thing ever is when you've missed one or, you've, or you're watching one and they start to run late somewhere or and they're and they're catching up and you get those overlaps and you haven't been able to get your your trifecta on that that tends to be the trifecta that wins but you did that you didn't put on and you don't want to have that when you could you could have kind of won the tournament and a load of money on top so just plan on these big days and you'll get the most out of them god that was a boring bit of advice um <laughs> It's true, and there's so much going on around the world. You've got to like, you've got, it's almost like you've got to give yourself like a timetable. Hong you Kong, do. Australia, France. Just, took all, just took all the fun out of my Saturday <laughs> punting. Jesus. You well, you don't want to miss it. That's the worst thing ever is when, you, when you've got one, you absolutely made a note that you wanted to watch or you wanted to see it. Especially, I mean, it's like Olivia says, you get some of the Aussie stuff, you know, I set my alarm in the morning and then go back to bed again. Just so you know, you wake up with one eye open to watch racing.com or something from Flemington or something. Yeah, it's and the it's... time zones that get it's the time zones that get me. It's um, yeah. I think my whole sleep pattern has changed now from following Australian racing. I sort of at eleven o'clock when you think you'd be winding down in the evening, I start seeing sort of the track work and jump out videos come out and I'm like, okay, I'm awake now. Got jet lagged without leaving the country. Exactly. Impressive. Precisely. <laughs> um okay, cool. Well well team that sort of leads us towards the end and although it wouldn't be in the uh in the running order i'm gonna i'm gonna come to you both for your for your nap of the weekend it can it can either be something that you just think wins but preferably something that's maybe a little bit of value especially if it's in the world pool um i'm gonna go to jamie first Liv, because i caught you on the yeah. hop earlier so okay. jay i know you've i know you've been studying this card all all week yeah. what's, well, your, what's your bet of the weekend one of my favourite horses, um, Double or Bubble, she's running. She finally got a head in front recently, and so I'm going to stick with her. I know the ch the ground's changed a little bit, but in the kazoo, in the Kazoo Park Stakes, um, the 255 at Donny on on Saturday, uh, Double or Bubble for me. It's about a ten to one chance, but I, th I think you know I I think she's always underrated, and even though she's just won, there's a strong field around her. Kin Ross will be popular. Alsail and those kind of horses, but I, I, I'm going to go with double, double or bubble again. Love that, love that. Uh, at the price as well. Um, Lives, you had a bit of time to think. Any, uh, who, who are you starting with? I'm going to side with Point King in the Paddy Power Stakes. Stick, nice. with, my, stick with my sort of road to, road to Melbourne allegiances. Also, really hope that happens because I think we need the victory in order for the horse to actually travel down to Melbourne. So. It's um, it's what I'm hoping for as well. Head and head and heart. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and uh, my my bet of the of the weekend is going to come at, at at Leafy at Lingfield on Saturday, oh. and it's going to be Lella Bad for William Knight. Um, he's a, he's a well handicapped horse who's clearly a bit of a fruit loop at times, and uh, that'll that'll be that'll be one that'll be one in the betting tournament when I'm doing doing my conquers on the World Pool and. Um, 
and 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 ask and Donny, sorry, and then I'll get out of jail with a with a, with a sixty rated handicapper at Leafy. Lovely. I'm glad you I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because that's when everyone cries foul when you yes. come out and say hang about everything he's told us that he's going to back at Leopardstown's lost and he's he's a grand up because he's found a <laughs> trifecta at Lingfield. That's the beauty of the betting tournament. <laughs> um, perfect. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much uh, to our esteemed panel today, uh, Jamie Hart and Olivia Cold, uh, especially especially lives with all the international angles. Um, Jamie, well done for making it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, tune in, tune in soon for the next edition of Pool School. Hopefully you'll have Luke back in the chair by then uh, to give a bit of order to it and to give Jamie Hart a break from all the constant ribbing. But yeah, uh, listen in, play the tournament this weekend, play fantasy, and uh, yeah, chat soon.